Welcome once again to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. This is Pastor Ariel, and we are on the last lesson for this quarter, lesson number 13. And today's lesson is for Tuesday, September 25th. So, we're at the end, the very last chapter of the book of Acts. And the prophecy that Paul revealed to the sailors has come true. The ship has been destroyed, but no one has been lost. And they're in an island called Malta. And the people there are very nice to Paul and the rest of the crew, making a fire for them, etc. There is something that um, the lesson brings out that is true. I, I think is a true statement. Um, but I think it should be tempered or, or, you know, dealt with in a balanced way. I want to read you the statement in regards to Paul um, and his stay in Malta. It says, in Luke's account, there is no mention of a single convert or of any congregation Paul left when, when he departed from Malta. And keep in mind, he was there for three months. Such omission might be entirely coincidental, but... It, it, it illustrates the fact that our mission in the world goes beyond baptisms or church planting. It also involves concern for people and their needs. This is the practical aspect of the gospel. And I understand the, the author's intent, and I agree to a certain degree that our mission in the world goes beyond baptism or church planting. But the, the mission of the church in the world is not simply a, the meeting people's needs in regards to food, clothing, or health. Um, and that might sound a bit, you know, whoa, hold up a second. Then Jesus says, I was in jail and you visited me. I was in the hospital and, you know, you came to see me. I was naked. You clothed me. I was hungry and you fed me. Yes, he did. But my question is, if I'm willing to give someone physical bread, why would I not want to put that same amount of effort and intentionality and give them spiritual bread as well? When we do kind deeds, um, you might think, well, you're not doing it. You're doing it with strings attached. You're doing kind deeds with the hopes of sharing the gospel. Well, you need to ask yourself, why would anyone be faulted for doing that, right? Which is the greater good? That I give someone food which will perish or that I give the person food for eternal life. Let's put it in the context of Jesus, right? Here's a woman at the well coming to get water. And Jesus engages in the conversation, not because he himself is interested in giving that woman water or the food that the disciples have gotten in town. Jesus's mission was to give her eternal water, water that would lead to eternal life, um, living water. So for me, is why can we not make that the center so that everything that we do is governed by that paradigm? Because to say that our, the mission of the church is not just baptisms or church planting, I agree with just those two specifics. But I would not omit preaching. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, Jesus says that, and the gospel, the, the, the gospel, this gospel will be preached to all the world, and then the end will come. Jesus doesn't say when every, every hungry person is fed or when everybody in jail has been visited. Um, let me ask you, why are you visiting somebody in jail? What are you going to tell them in jail? Hey, how much longer until you have parole? Who's your parole officer? How's the food here? Is the bathroom clean? Who, who's your roommate? Do you get along? 
Is that the kind of visit that Jesus was referring to in Matthew when he says, I was in jail and you visited me? How about a hospital visit? What was the hospital visit about? How's the food here? You know, what does the doctor say? What is the prognosis? What is that hanging on your on that IV? Is that the visit? You see what I'm trying to say? If I want to visit someone in jail and I don't present them the gospel, I mean, why am I visiting? Yes, to show that I care, but wouldn't the fact that I'm trying to show them the, the means, the power, the grace of God that can transform such an individual so that when their time is up in jail or when their time is in their parole ends, they're experiencing the grace of God that says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things have passed away. Wouldn't that be the greater good that surpasses a sandwich, a blanket, IV, glasses, medication? I mean, we can give all those things, yes. But I believe that it should be done with the clear intent of looking for opportunities to preach the gospel. If we don't, we have forgotten the mission. The mission was not to simply do deeds of kindness. The greatest deed of kindness a Christian can do is share Jesus, period. Yes, we clothe the naked and yes, we feed the hungry. But as we feed the hungry, we fill them with hope because the bread that I give that person today, I may not be able to give tomorrow. The aid that we give to other countries, it dries up when social media gets bored and moves on to the next thing. When the storm passes by and everybody's done with the hype, what do we have left? It's not that we neglect the poor, for sure. I mean, it is that the reality of the gospel of Christ that gives me empathy and sympathy and compassion and an active compassion that makes me, it compels me to do something about the suffering in this world. But when I was a nurse and I would see the suffering in the places that I worked at, it moved me to look for opportunities in which I could introduce these individuals to the gospel. Because whether these individuals would be in jail, in a hospital, or homeless, whether they live in mansions or whether they live in high affluent neighborhoods, every human being will die. What will your sandwich have done or your blanket at that point? That's the point. For me, it's if, if we're going to have institutions of health, I mean, I was working at an institution of health as a massage therapist for a couple of years. And um, though we were told not to proselytize, you better believe it that I was praying for opportunities to look for opportunities to proselytize, to share the gospel, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was looking for that. So for me, is to have institutions of whatever nature, educational, medical, whatever, um, why are we having those again? Just to, I mean, we cannot say, oh, we're that humble that we're not going to use this as a means to proselytize. We're not going to put any strings attached to the kindness that we do in this neighborhood. Um, great, drill, drill the water well, have the people drink water, and never tell them about Jesus. That's the greater good? That's the greater, greatest can, kindness we could do? I think not. I think that even if I were to never drill a well because I don't have the means or the capacity to do so, but if I were to introduce people to the living water of Jesus Christ, to the hope that in this world they may not get ever out of the oppressive governments they're in, they may never be able to break out of the caste system that their society has cornered them into, I may never be able to give them the means to escape the poverty the object poverty that they find themselves in, but I can tell them that there's hope beyond this grave. 
in Jesus Christ. There's forgiveness of sins and a transformation of heart that we can experience contentment and peace even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death at a very slow, slow pace. So I, I appreciate what the author is trying to do in the lesson, but I felt it was necessary to add that point that yes, I'm not going to look to baptize everybody that I share Jesus with or to plant a church in every neighborhood that I move into, but certainly to preach, yes. And to give a sandwich with the gospel, yes. To give a bottle of water, yes. Our little girl here in the Detroit area has been moved by some of the individuals um, begging for money, really money, at uh, traffic stops, especially in the Canton area, the, the wealthier neighborhoods, they know where to go. Um, and they'll sit there with, you know, a cardboard saying, you know, uh, old person, pregnant woman, whatever, anything, any little bit of help, bit helps. And we told our daughter, you know, we don't know these individuals. It could be real, it could be not be real. So we're not going to give them money because we're not, we don't know how they want to spend it. So my little girl said, well, we can give them food, right? And these little pieces of paper called glow tracks, which is a little track that talks about the gospel of Jesus. So we had uh, some gallon Ziploc bags. We put some uh, applesauce, some juice, some crackers, and some other things that my wife, granola bars, etc. And of course, some water in there. And of course, the gospel. Because I can give someone a bottle of water today and they'll drink it, but tomorrow they'll be thirsty again. And I can give someone a sandwich during Thanksgiving or go to a soup kitchen once a year and feed these individuals. But they'll be hungry again. But what Jesus said to that woman at the well is powerful. If you drink of the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. That's our mission, to satisfy the soul thirst of the world, to provide the living bread that will nourish the soul of this world. So whether you are in the medical field, whether you are in whatever field you're in, I hope that you will never excuse yourself by saying, I just do deeds of kindness. Um, the greatest kindness you can do is share Jesus. Mm -hmm.